When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Wednesday edition of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We've got a special guest, former Steelers quarterback and Super Bowl champion, Charlie Batch is on the show. I want to get his takes on what Kenny Pickett's doing and how he's going to be ready for this season, especially the 49ers this weekend. All that and more here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports, from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, you can find all of our content at post-gazette.com. You can find this show Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content. And again, the Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes that we're here. We're brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in Pittsburgh that you can go to right on the North Shore with over 20 televisions and over 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers and 80 of them being local craft beers on tap. You'll never run out of options. I never do when I go to Mike's Beer Bar. Meet me there at Mike's. As I said before, we're joined by Charlie Batch here on the show, breaking things down. Charlie, longtime Pittsburgh Steeler, still on SNR. You can hear him giving his takes. He was doing the broadcast this year. Charlie, you had a front row seat to Kenny Pickett and this offense in the preseason, but also preseason long. You can hear the whispers. It's just preseason. It doesn't matter. This doesn't, this doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. How much of what you saw in the preseason? It's going to be the real Kenny Pickett we see in the regular season. This is something that didn't surprise me because I've I've watched him in the OTAs. I saw where he was at in training camp, and the game has slowed down for him. And you can see the way that he was going through his progressions. And he was going one, two, in some cases, three, back to one. I'm like, it seems like the light bulb has, has went on for him. And to see that, man, it was really exciting to see. And every day grinding against that particular defense, man, you saw what he was looking to do. And literally when he showed up against Tampa Bay, did what he did in that first series. And that carried on throughout the preseason. I'm like, this is exactly where I thought he would be. And that's where I started giving similarities to where his evaluation is and the maturation process compared to Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. in his first to second year. And a lot of people would look at me like I'm crazy, but we all look at Ben at 18 years and like, that's where he was at. But no, right. I was there in those infancy stages year one, year two to year three, and he's on that similar path. And hopefully he can end in the manner of what Ben ended in his second year if he can hoist that Lombardi trophy at the end of the season. What you you saw his growth, and now you're seeing Kenny Pickett's growth. Granted, you're a lot you were a lot closer with Ben, you know, at that at, at that time because you're on the team. But you've been able to see how quarterbacks progress, how you progressed as a as a quarterback. Is there anything in particular that you've been impressed by that Kenny Pickett's doing that you're like he maybe he shouldn't be doing? He I didn't think he'd be able to do that by like before he, he started his second full season in the NFL. I think the thing for me is, is improvising out of the pocket because we literally mm. one every one out of every four passes essentially you're on the move at some point because protection breakdown receivers slipped on a route you have to go out there and make a play and he's been doing that throughout camp and those are things that you just want to see 
the next steps from the quarterback position, but also understanding that the thing by him playing in his first year, and all I could do is compare it to myself, going from that year into the offseason, it allows you to look at every snap that you've played in your rookie year because you're watching yourself, not somebody else. You're watching yourself. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that you can grow on. And I remember a lot of people, especially at the end of the season, they, you know, were all making this accusation and saying, oh, you know, Matt Canada should be gone. And I was one of the first to say, I don't think he would be. And the reason why is because when the second half of that year coming out of the bye week to where he finished the season, you saw the growth. Now, taking that in the offseason, expanding on Matt Canada's playbook, it that didn't make sense. For them to hire a new coordinator because you're starting over and essentially he would be a rookie again. That was that was big. That was a big decision for Mike Tomlin in that particular case to make sure, hey, I'm not starting over. Let's build on what we're going to do. So that allowed Kenny to look at all of his reps now coming to the offseason, be a little bit more boisterous to say, here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. And if we're going to grow, we're going to grow together. And you can see the evolution of where Kenny Pickett went from at the end of the last year to where he is now. This doesn't surprise me because this is exactly where he needs to be in the development from the QB. What does Mike Tomlin do that makes it easier for a quarterback to develop? And I know Ben, when he was doing that, that when he in his second year, that was Bill Cower. But you, you've seen how Mike Mike Tomlin coaches up front, impersonal, and you've got a chance to stand back and, and watch it. What does he do to help his quarterbacks prepare and do do what they need to do on the field? Yeah, I mean, these are different situations, but just in my experience in dealing with them, you know, you have the quarterback room is a delicate situation, is a delicate situation because everybody has to be all on the same page. You can't have some whispers over here and thinking, okay, is there misinformation that's being provided because you want to play more than what the starter does? No, you have to have a supportive group. That's something that Tomlin always appreciated in myself. When I I was there was Ben Roethlisberger, Byron Leftwich, Dennis Dixon. That room mm-hmm. stayed together for four years and essentially kind of how that unfolded, you know, right, wrong or indifferent. We were able to keep that together, but everybody trusted each other and supported each other when we were in that room, no matter if you were starting or in the backup role. I say that to say we were all experienced at the time that Mike Tomlin took over. All of this essentially is new because he never really had to deal with a young quarterback and having to deal. Now, outside of that, what was that 2019 season when Ben got hurt? Mm-hmm. That was different. Mason wasn't a rookie but when you look at see where he is now and look at development of Kenny Pickett these are things that you just want to be open and transparent it's easier for Mike to say hey Kenny I got your back I drafted you number one so you know they're in it together versus maybe you know is this a guy that just now you know hey this is you know the incumbent and now you're just kind of keeping the seat warm for somebody else no they were going to grow together but I think it starts with that communication and Mike Tom is always going to address it he's always going to make sure hey there's delegate situations I can talk to certain position groups one way, but it's hard to talk to your QB in the manner that you truly want to talk to him about in your front of your team, making sure that you're kind of uh, keeping him, you know, accountable at the, in one sense, but also you're developing the trust to say, Hey, there are things that I'm gonna mess up, but I also make sure that you have my back. And as they continue to develop, those things won't happen in a public manner. You can have those private conversations, but as long as those guys are open and honest, you can see that development going. Let's let's circle back real quick to your point about Matt Canada. You say you saying, "Hey, I don't think Matt Canada is going to be gone." I've I've had this suspicion for a bit now that we have not seen the real Matt Canada offense. I, his first year when he was offensive coordinator, that was 
that was Ben Roethlisberger. It was a tough situation. You had that offensive line that was always getting Ben under pressure. You had to protect him at all costs. Last year, you had a rookie Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, who you knew was kind of just warming the seat for Kenny Pickett going into that. This year, I think, is the first year that he can go in and say, hey, that's the number one quarterback. There's no questions about it. He's mobile. We've, we've invested in the offensive line. This is going to be the real offense. Do you think that the Steelers fans might, this might be the year where they can come off Matt Cannon a little bit and say like, hey, and then, listen, Steelers fans are known for their history of hating offensive coordinators the minute the, the minute that something goes wrong. But is this going to be the year that you think the Steelers offense is good enough to say for Steelers fans to be like, hey, you know what? Maybe Matt Canada isn't all that bad. Yeah, and I think obviously that's going to start with the first three games, but that's just where we are and we know how Steelers Nation is. But I think when you look back to say, okay, you know, when you look back and you're developing an offense, you're saying to yourself, okay, where are what are the key pieces? You had Deontay Johnson coming in here. You're like, okay, we drafted George Pickens. Okay, yes, you're bringing in Najee Harris. And now all of a sudden you bring the quarterback that you feel is mobile enough to run your particular offense. All of those key play, key pieces are in place. You have now a supplemental back and warn that you could turn around and say, hey, he's now our splash guy that we can do. And of course, you know, whatever that happens in the, uh, you know, Anthony McFarlane coming in number three. But I say all of that to say you have your key people in place at this particular point. There should there is no more excuses because right now your game plan should be dictated off of your keys and your strengths that you have on this offensive side of the ball. If that's the case, I expect to see more play action game because you have your running back. You secured that offensive mm. line. And that's something that we truly didn't see in this preseason, but that's the next evolution of where Matt Canada can go in this offense because you're not game planning in a preseason. But if we're talking about a top one of the top tight ends in the league that we believe that he that Pat, Pat Fryermuth is, it's up to Matt Canada to get that guy involved. And that's somebody that we didn't talk about this preseason, but that gets me excited about what he's capable of doing in the middle of the field. Absolutely. I want to get more thoughts from Charlie in a minute here on what the Steelers need to do against the 49ers, because as much as they need to do the play action, they're going to need that against a team that can bring it like that defensive front. We'll get the, we'll get Charlie's thoughts on the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But first, I want to remind you, this show is sponsored by Mike's Beer Bar, where, again, the best bar in Pittsburgh go right to the North Shore. They're across the street from PNC Park on Federal Street, and they can get you all the, all the sports action you want. They have over 20 televisions where you can people can watch NFL games, college football, Pirates, Penguins, Riverhounds, Premier League action, all the sports you want right at Mike's. And all there in a place where there's over 500 different available beers at any point in time, 300, 300 of them being local, 80 of those being local craft beers available on tap. You can also try out a flight to get a combination of any of those beers available right for you. And trust me, you won't run out of favorites or options because I never do, and I'm always there. You can also try out their amazing food options like the steak on a stone, which is an awesome meal where you get to you get to cook, get a steak of your cut of choice, and you can cook it to whatever heat that you want as you cut it right in front of you on a heated stone right in front of you. And it's an amazing night out in Pittsburgh. Come to Mike's Beer Bar and get your sports fix and experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. And when you get there, tell him Chris sent you. We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter here with former Steelers quarterback Charlie Batch. Charlie, want to talk to you about this upcoming matchup because if there was a higher test 
that the Steelers could get for a defense to go up against Kenny Pickett in this new offense. I don't think they could find one. They literally are facing the number one defense from last year, who added to the defense by going and getting former Steelers defensive lineman Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa. Mike Tomlin has already said the Steelers aren't wondering if his contract situation is going to play out. They're they're thinking he's going to play. That's the way that you got to approach it. What does this defense do that makes them so tough to face against for any offense, Charlie? Yeah, I mean, they can get after the quarterback without blitzing, and that's always a key when you have those rushers up front. And you hear Tomlin talk about, hey, if you can rush the passer, I could work with everything else. And that's exactly what the 49ers defense is, so that you you see that element of it. But I think ultimately, you know, when they do pressure, you know, they're they're getting to a point where they're forcing the QB to make those mistakes. And, of course, that's something that ebb and flow because of the, how ball control their offense is. So being that the game is here at Akinshore Stadium, Crowd noise shouldn't be a factor. The offensive line should be able to get off all on the same accord, but also they need that crowd to get involved, you know, to get this, uh, give them something to be cheering about. But it's going to be a, a tough test only because this was a team who was one of the final four last year. Everybody's expecting good things. And what better way to test yourself opening up if you think that you're going to be a contender? I agree because here's the thing is that for all the preseason hype, as far as people could say, oh, that doesn't matter, doesn't count as against, you know, whatever defenses. If they do, if they put up points against the 49ers, I think it will be a signal to the entire NFL that this Steelers offense is not the same Steelers offense they've seen the last couple of years. There's an actual threat here. Uh, but how do they do that in this game, Charlie? Like, how do you counter what they do really well? Especially, like you said, they can get pressure without without blitzing. They have an athletic linebacker and Fred Warner. They even have good safeties and Huvanaga and and Gibson, guys that can make plays. How do you get at this defense? Yeah, I think number one, they, they, the Steelers cannot start reading their own press clippings right now because nobody was talking about them coming into training camp and all of a sudden they're the darlings of the league and everybody's talking about them in this particular case. If you go out and win this football game, the storylines are going to say, well, they didn't have all of their players. Are the Steelers truly that good? It doesn't matter at this particular point because on the flip side, if you lose this game, everybody's going to say, are you really that contender? Because they didn't have all of their talent. So it's an ebb and flow as you enter into this week one game. But the Steelers have an opportunity to test where they are. But also, when you look at where they are defensively, they haven't really been tested in the run game. Yeah, they played the Falcons in that final preseason game. They love to play. They love to run the football, but they didn't play any of their guys. So you weren't truly tested. You already know what the 49ers are doing on the other side. They're going to hand that football ball. They're going to hand that ball off, and they're going to run the football, and they're going to stay within that plan. If you look at what it was a couple of years ago when Jimmy Garoppolo was there, they ran the ball 10 times in the NFC Championship game. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, threw the ball 10 times in the yeah, NFC right. Championship game to make it to a Super Bowl. So they're going to stick with what they know, and that's running that football. So it's going to be a test for that defensive line. What does that look like? Larry Ogunjobi, is he healthy? You know, you turn around, okay, we know what Cam could bring to the table, but all of these things – that we talked about um, how great this defense can be. They're going to be tested here early. What better way to do that at home? And I think I think they're up to the task because they've been looking really good on that defensive side of the ball. And here's the caveat to this. When you look okay. at that defense, these the Steelers' defense, they have four per- perennial Pro Bowl guys on that defense right now. Mm-hmm. Minka, Pat, Pat Peterson. Yeah, with Cam's borderline. TJ's on his way. So that's four potential guys that you know, okay, if you're ordering to be great, here, let's show it at this particular piece. And those guys buy into it and they believe it on that backside. So I'm excited to see what the Steelers defense look like. 
I'm excited to see it too because Mike Tomlin talked about how they're preparing for the whole system. They're not just preparing for Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey or George Kittle. And that's the thing. They got so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The, the, that's why the Niners were just in the NFC Championship game. They're a team. But I, I've, I've had this theory all offseason, Charlie. I think the way the Niners play is how the Steelers are, are want to play. A controlled ball offense that allows your quarterback to make plays but doesn't ask too much of them. It keeps a balance so that they're unpredictable on the offensive side of the ball. And they have a key edge rusher, a star safety. They have they have a really strong defensive line. There's a lot of similarities that I think I see between these two teams. And I think it should give Steelers fans a sense of, hey, you know what? There's a path for this team, this built this way, to be successful. You don't necessarily need Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen to just be throwing 50 times a game to be a Super Bowl contender. And I think when you look at it, we know their names because they've been in the NFC Championship game, or at least close to it. So right. we know their their stars, and I think this is something that as young as a football team that these Steelers are, who are their true stars on the offensive side of the ball that really mm. going to stand out? Yes, they do have talent. I'm not this. I'm not this. Uh, I'm not uh, saying that to in a. What's the way? I'm not trying to be. I know, I know what you're saying. Anyway, you know, but when you look at it, it's like, okay, you're star, but have you done it consistent enough? But when you right. look on the flip side, you're like, yeah, you just mentioned Christian McCaffrey. You talk about Debo Samuel. You talk about Kittle. You know, tight end. Okay, what did you know those names because you've seen them before? But it's going to be a test because there's new players on the defensive side. This is a huge task for this Steelers offense to say, okay, yeah, we know Deontay Johnson can play. We do know that. But, yeah, Pickens, you're going from year one to year two. All the excitement that everybody's expecting, can you now show up? Allen Robinson, can you do it? We know you did it before, but now you enter into the later stages of your career. Can you now give me that 1,000-yard guy that was crushing it a few years ago before you became a member of the Steelers? These are things that get – these are storylines that we're all trying to figure out but when you're figuring it out with a young quarterback in the manner of the way that Kenny Pickett is, he's not getting the uh, he's not getting talked about in the manner of what a, a Brock party would be because he hasn't won that playoff game before. He right. hasn't did those things. So these are things that, again, we're watching these young careers develop right in front of our eyes. And if that's the case, that means we can get excited about the young the youngness of this offensive side of the ball. But if I'm if I'm Tomlin on the other side, you better believe I'm in those team meetings to say, yeah, look what this guy can do. Look at Debo Samuel. Look at Christian McCaffrey. Do we even have a running back in our room that can keep up with Christian McCaffrey? So you're just kind of pushing those buttons to your stars in a public setting mm-hmm. just to light the fire underneath them to say, everybody's talking about that guy. Why not you? And when we get done with this game, it better be you. Those are the little things that Tomlin likes to throw to the forefront in those team meetings that other that the public is unaware of, but be sitting in those team meetings, he does that a lot, and he's gonna he's gonna light a fire under at least underneath a lot of those young guys. I don't know about any of y'all that are watching this show right now, but I felt like I was in the room with Mike Tomlin as Charlie Batch was talking right there. I just, oh, you had me rising up in my seat. I'm like, yeah, yeah. What about me and my podcast needs to be better? Yeah, but uh, I feel I feel Charlie there, but that that's a lot of what the Steelers are focusing on. I think those those are the elements that Mike Tomlin pulls out of his players i think that's why they he hasn't had a losing season is that even when it's a year that that that, that you know realistically this isn't like they, they haven't had some rosters that are super bowl contenders but they've been contending with super bowl contenders and they found a way to stay alive but think about and on the flip side i talked about the offensive side just to see something about tj watt or cam hayward you could say wow they do have some guy with a last name of williams on the other side i mean <laughs> TJ, we gonna hear your name this week you know, little things like that that you just kind of say it. Hey, well, hey, Alex Hasman, yeah, you got the big contract. Are we going to hear your name this week? I mean, I don't know. 
I'm just telling you what the people on the outside are saying that we may not hear your name. So those are little things that you kind of throw and light that fire underneath them to say, okay, what can you do? Which linebacker can cover Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield? Not many can be done. We're not going to put you in some crazy situation that you can't, and it's going to expose you because not many people can cover Christian McCaffrey, but you put pressure on them, force those air and throws. These are little things that goes on behind the scenes of game week. Absolutely. I want to get Charlie's thoughts on this upcoming season, not just the Niners game, but where he sees the Steelers going. We'll have that on the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Your host, Chris Carter, here with Steelers quarterback, Charlie Charlie Batch. But first, I want to remind you guys, we are sponsored by also Sabinas Kane and Gallucci. They're mesothelioma and asbestos lawyers with over 85 years of experience. Call them now for a free consultation at Sabinas Kane. And Gallucci. We're also brought to you by GameTime.co, the best place to go buy tickets for your favorite events where buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And if you download the Game Time today app today, it won't be because they're the fast and easy way to buy tickets for any event, sports, music, comedy, theater events, anything near you, they're going to help you find. Just download the Game Time app right to your phone. They'll get you exclusive flash deals on tickets for football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater events, anything around you, they can help. And the best price guarantee from Game Time means that if you find tickets in the same event in the same section in a row for less somewhere else, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PITTPIT for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code PITTPIT for $20 off. Download Game Time. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Charlie Batch, breaking things down in your Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. Charlie, it's time to talk about where you see these Steelers going this year. And I'm sure you've answered this question a bunch over the summer. But I want to address what I think is the middle ground. Because there's the people who think every year the Steelers are going to do bad. There's people that they've been praying on Mike Tomlin to have a losing season for the past 10 years. It never happens. There's also people who think the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl. And I'm like, I'm in the middle. I I, I think the Steelers are going to be competitive this year. I think they're going to have double-digit wins. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But I'm not on the side that they're going to say win a Super Bowl yet. And part of it, Charlie, is because of something that I saw growing up in the Steelers of old. And you weren't on all the teams that lost, like, in the AFC Championship and, and went through their rights of the early 2000s. But I, I listened to a lot of your former teammates, guys like Joey Porter, guys, you know, uh, like Jason Gilden, although he wasn't on the Super Bowl team, but guys who who talked about, like, hey, like, I remember losing in some of those games and those losses reminded me of what we needed to do when we got to that level to get there. And it makes me think of teams like the Chiefs who lost at at a high level, even in other sports like the Warriors or the Lakers, teams that lost at high levels before they got to the Super Bowl. Is this the year that you think the Steelers kind of set the foundation to remember like, hey, the Steelers are back and they're competitors, but not necessarily the Super Bowl year, just the year to maybe open up the Super Bowl window? Oh, it remind uh, the window. Yes, I agree with that. I think the window is open this season. This season kind of reminds me entering into 2005. Ooh, this, boy. Was before, this was before the year. Yeah, we had a good season in 2004, but nobody knew what to expect coming back into it. And defensively, we were loaded. And a lot of it all stemmed on how Ben Roethlisberger was going to take that progression. Mm-hmm. And the Steelers weren't necessarily comfortable with where he was at in year two. And people look at me when I say that, but like if you go back and look at the stat line against the Titans in 2005 when they opened it up, Ben was nine for 11. He threw 11 passes <laughs> in his first game of that second season. 
So even though he had experience and more experience heading into his second year than Kenny Pickett, the Steelers were like, ah, we're going to still run the football. <laughs> and Ben, if you go back and look at that line, I think it was nine for 11. He had 180 yards. He had two touchdowns and he had a perfect passer rating in that game. He had 158, but there was some guy behind him by the name of Willie Parker who run, ran for like 150, 160 yards behind him. So I think ultimately this is where, um, this is kind of where we're at. And I think ultimately, I think, Nothing would surprise me from that particular manner. So I think I'm optimistic, and I think this team will get to the playoff for sure. How deep do they go would all depend on how Kenny develops and and maturates throughout the course of the season. But I definitely think they're going to be in the playoff this year. The one thing that everyone will will, will bring up, and this is factual, I I think, this AFC North is going to be really competitive. The Bengals have been top dogs for two years, though no team in the history of the AFC North has won the division three years in a row. So that signals, could there be someone to topple them? We'll find out as this season progresses. But you got Lamar Jackson with a new offensive coordinator. They've added weapons like Zay Flowers, who I covered in the ACC and is a problem. They've added Odell Beckham Jr. They've made additions there. And then you even have the Browns, who they're hoping that this is the year that now that Deshaun Watson's gone through a full season, and everything that he went through last year that maybe he'll be the key to unlocking that roster. Every team, I think, has a decent claim to be able to say like, hey, this is our year to watch out for us for whatever reason. Where do you see the Steelers stacking up in this division against those teams? Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough top top to bottom for sure. I think Cleveland will be better because Deshaun Watson has another year under his belt. They're going to surprise some people. Bengals, that's what they are. They're the tops of the division at this particular point. Ravens, Steelers right in the middle. So you can – it's one thing. You know the division is going to be tough, but it's one thing you cannot allow some of those easy games to get away from you, meaning the Raiders, the Texans. Yeah. Um, you know, those games you have to win because you never want to kick yourself later on. So I think when you look at just the first five, six games of this season, man, it's going to be tough and it's imperative for them to get off to a hot start. And they have to be no more than four and two when they finish the first six games. I think that's a really interesting place. So going over those six games, Niners in the opener at home, Browns at home, Monday night football, on the road for the Raiders, on the road for the Texans, then back home to face the Ravens. You get a break for the bye week. You come back. You're going back out to the road. I think this is actually convenient for the Steelers. Their their West Coast trip to the Rams comes after a bye week. Then they're back home playing the Jaguars. So those six games, Niners, Browns, Raiders, Texans, Ravens, and then uh, and then Rams. Actually, I went I went ahead to the Jaguars. So that 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 is six game cutting off at the Rams. What do you think their record is 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 after after those six games to set the tone for the start of the season? I think it'd be four and two. It wouldn't surprise me if they're five and one. To be honest with you, um, so these are the things that you know is going to be interesting to just to see because it's always tough to play those night games. You know, yeah, you yes. open up, you're high, and then all of a sudden you're coming back on a Monday night and a Sunday night game. Those games are tough. Players, you know, people out there like, oh, this is great. But as players, it gets you out of your normal routine. Right. You want to get to that routine. You know, what does that game they look like? So this Tom, Mike Tom is going to have those guys ready to go. And that's why I would not surprise me. Four and two minimum, five and one at best. I, I, I'm right with you on that pace because you look at those teams, you get three divisional games in the first five, five games of the season. That's a lot. Yeah, that, that, that's a lot there when you look at when you look at some of those games there. But let's also let's also look at how this uh, how this how this team is stacks up when we talk about the AFC as a whole, because let's say they don't win the division. Let's say they win double digit games, 10, 11 games. That might not be a guarantee that they they make the playoffs if they're a wild card because this is going to be a competitive AFC. Heck, the year the Steelers won the Super Bowl in 2008, 
the Patriots missed the, missed the playoffs being 11 and five. And so it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but you look across the, you look across the league here. When I, when I do, I, I look and I see the bills and the jets and the dolphins all coming out of the AFC East. We just talked about the entire AFC North. I'm not too excited about what the AFC South is going to do. The Jaguars, I think will be tough. Maybe the Titans, but I think the Colts uh, and the Texans are ways away from doing anything there. And then you have the AFC West, Chiefs and Chargers there. Uh, you, you need a break? No, I, I'm listening to you. I just want to make sure I don't lose you because my uh, oh, the power battery, my, my battery is about to die. I don't want to lose you. So Take your time. I'm listening. I no, heard everything time. you're saying. I just want to make sure that I do not lose you in the middle <laughs> of this. So. Hey, this is real. This is real life podcasting, man, because there's times where I'm like, ooh, got to keep things going. Absolutely. So. Absolutely, but to my no, but uh, to, to to my point here, just talking about what 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 the AFC is going to be like in the West. You got the Chiefs and the Chargers. I think the Raiders and the Broncos. I know Russell Wilson's got Sean Payton. I'm I'm not too confident in what they're about to put together. But we're well, talking I think, about. If, I, think the thing, I think the thing for me is though when sure. you look at where you know you talk about those records and nothing's guaranteed, right? You know, and that and that takes me back to. When we were sitting there in um, in 2011, yes, we just came off the Super Bowl, and some of the games early, we there was a game or two we should have won, but ultimately uh, we didn't win the game, and that sent us on the road to Denver. 12, we 12 and, four. and four that year, 12 and four that year. Everybody was like, "Oh, this is a cakewalk. We're going to run this. It's not going to be a problem." And then all of a sudden, we ended up losing that game, mm-hmm. and that's something that really you—that's why you cannot take it take uh, those things lightly as it relates to winning those games you're supposed to, because if you don't, man, it puts you on the road and anything can happen at that particular point. Nope. I mean, Tim Tebow's still living off that all of these years later because he has a playoff win against the Steelers when nobody thought that they would win that game. And, you know, that was the part of when he, you know, at that point we knew that team was going to be over because we did not reach the levels of what we're going to reach to. So with all that being said, you have to win those games when you look at those cupcake games to say mm-hmm. you, you need this one. You have to right. get it, and that's what the Steelers are going to have to do. I agree there, and and the Steelers aren't alone in that department. I remember a certain New Orleans Saints team led by Drew Brees facing a seven and nine uh, Marshawn Lynch led Seahawks team, and that's when Beast Quake happened. When that happened, so absolutely it, you got you gotta you gotta be aware of that. So I'm I'm right with you. It, whatever the Steelers are going to be this year, if they're going to win the division or get into the playoffs, they have to take care of business against the teams that are still in their rebuilding process to show that the Steelers are not in a rebuilding process anymore. They're ready to be contenders. We'll see if they do that this year. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, you've been doing a lot of work in the community. Do you want to talk about what you, you and your foundation have been up to? Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes, Best of the Batch Foundation. We are an educational foundation and we focus mainly on STEAM programs and after school. And we literally, we now serve uh, 20, I'm sorry, we now serve 3,800 kids annually. We've been around now for 22 years. So we're excited about it. So we're uh, in nine counties throughout Southwestern Pennsylvania. And we literally just went from in our clubhouse facility, we went from 5,300 square feet to 33,000 square feet. So wow. now our numbers are going to be projected to over 6,000 kids annually. So if you haven't been a part of it or rode past the Homestead Munhaw area to see the building, man, you have to come by, check us out, and you'll see all the uh, everything that we have inside. And those is something that we are truly humbled and grateful for all the support 
on what everybody um, you know believes and what we're doing and our mission and vision. So as we are looking forward to the next 20 years, uh, we're excited. We just were out giving out over 3,000 book bags here this week, um, filled with school supplies along with teachers' bags. So that gets us excited as well. So if anybody wants to learn any more for what we're doing throughout a calendar year, they can go to batchfoundation.org. You'll actually be able to see the picture of what our new clubhouse facility looks like right now. And I invite you to be a part of it and come on over to check out what we're doing. So thanks to everybody who believes in what we're doing and thank everybody else in advance for the support that you all and uh, the belief that you have in Latasha and I as we're continuing to uh, put smiles on kids' faces throughout um, Western Pennsylvania. Absolutely. He's Charlie Batch, y'all. Local product out of Homestead, went to Mahalston Valley. He's from here, played for the Steelers, and now he's giving back to the city that he's that he's from. Thank you so much for everything you do, Charlie, and thank you for coming on the show. And thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the North Shore Drive podcast. We'll have our Friday episode up later this week, breaking things down with Brian Batko, getting you ready for Steelers Niners one last time. Any injury updates that we got there. Thanks again to Charlie, and thank you all for checking us out. We'll see you Friday right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.